In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Experiment is a demon that walks among us, a predator that ruined families. The Lisk Long Island Serial Killer podcast was shocked when the news broke of Rex Hewerman's arrest. After more than a decade of searching, law enforcement officials had finally pieced together enough evidence to bring formal charges against Rex Hewerman. Initially charged with three murders, Hewerman is now officially charged with all four deaths in the Gilgo 4 case. I'm your host, Chris Moss, and the List Podcast will be releasing new episodes with interviews and fresh insight on the case as Rex Hewerman awaits trial in Long Island. While we are relieved by the arrest, the List Podcast team will be working hard to share new developments and perspectives as we get them. So please keep your eyes and ears out for new episodes, and if you haven't already, please listen to seasons one and two of Lisk Long Island Serial Killer, wherever you listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. On August 3rd, 1978, patrons and pedestrians around the International Dune Hotel in Salt Lake City watched in horror as a woman killed her seven children in a chilling way. They were powerless to help the children, and all but one perished. But what happened before the day to make the mother forget her instincts to care and protect her children? So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Rebecca David was married to a man named Emmanuel, and together the two had seven children. However, their marriage and lives as parents were anything but normal. Emmanuel, who was born Charles Bruce Longo, believed himself to be a descendant of the House of David. He was convinced, and convinced others, that he was a prophet of God, even going on to claim he was God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. He had been excommunicated from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints several years before due to his constant warnings of impending calamities and demanding that he share in the church's revenues. His beliefs were so believable that once he left the LDS church, he grew a small cult of followers. He called this group the family of David, and most of its members were actually his family. Himself, his wife, and their children, Rebecca, David, Joseph, Deborah, Joshua, Rachel, and Elizabeth, lived in the International Dune Suite for more than a year. Each day, they would pay in cash, spending almost $30,000 to live in the hotel. No one knew quite how he was paying for the room because Emmanuel had no job. The children were described as absolute loners, 
They did not speak to anyone without their father's permission, did not swim in the hotel pool like most children did, and remained in their room most days, which is where their parents homeschooled them. But they were also extremely bright, well-mannered, and polite. They had absolute faith in their father and his powers. Two days before the terrifying incident on the hotel's balcony, Emmanuel David committed suicide in his vehicle with carbon monoxide. His former followers claimed that Emmanuel killed himself to avoid facing the indictment charges of wire fraud and tax evasion. His ego would not allow him to go to jail, so death seemed like the better option for him. With their patriarch and leader dead, the family could not go on to function without him. They would be completely lost without him. That is why, on August 3rd, the family went to the 11th floor balcony and everyone watched in horror as the older children willingly jumped and Rebecca threw the younger children over the edge. The older children used a chair to climb over the railing, jumping completely on their own volition. One of the younger children grabbed the railing and fought to be pulled back up, only to have Rebecca pull him loose and throw him off. Their bodies hit the first floor roof or bounced onto the sidewalk. The oldest child was 14, and the youngest was only 5. Onlookers screamed at the woman to stop, and then encouraged her to jump to her own death, which she did. Only one child survived, though there were conflicting reports on which daughter it was. This child, one of the older girls, sustained severe injuries and is now confined in a wheelchair. Even after watching all her siblings and her mother die, and almost dying herself, She was steadfast in her belief that her father would come back one day and that he truly was a holy man he claimed to be. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on August 4th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.